Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm just stupendous. What are we doing today? Today we're hanging Pump it out. Up. Huh? Pump it up. Pumping it up. Today is such an important show, my friend. And we've had a few experts come on and, and dive into the subject with us about how personal transformation affects, you know, our dynamics and relationships. And we had Chloe who, you know, spoke, spoke on that subject a lot. And we had Michelle who came on and tonight we have a super special guest, Rabbi Slatkin, who has, you know, devoted his life to helping couples prepare for marriage and learn how to be better communicators. And I think that's so important. It's such an important subject on when we as individuals, and you and I talked about that a little bit today, and you said, I love this because it's so true. You know, we as individuals, especially as women, decide that we've had enough. We're done living this way. Something's got to go. Something's got to change. But sometimes our partners are blindsided by that because they don't always understand the depth of our anxiety, mm -hmm. the depth of how stuck we feel, the darkness that we live in because we try to be the glue and uphold everything and, you know, maintain that composure and that appearance. And so when we wake up one morning and we're like, we're done, I'm just done. This has got to go. This has got to change. And as we walk through that transformation, sometimes we stand so much in this newness that the partners we're with kind of have to live with this new version of us now, you know, because we're kind of like, like Whoa, with it. who is this? Yeah. And they Where fell in love with us for a reason and vice versa. And now they have to adapt and learn to live with this new version of us because sometimes as women we can be dramatic we do take it a little far no, you know? no. <laughs> we're all or nothing and so it's kind of like maybe for them our weight you know wasn't a big deal as much as it is for us and they still think we're beautiful and all of this and they don't understand just how sad and and stuck we feel and so he's gonna help us dive into that how can we communicate with our partners like what step of the process should our partners be involved with? Is it necessary to have a conversation? Where's that fine line between, I want to transform my life. I just met Kelly and Emma. I am signing up for their 16 week signature program and I'm about to transform my life. Deal with it? Yeah. Is it a conversation? How much input do they have? Yeah, and how do you broach that topic? Yeah. And. Yeah. And try and figure out how do you stay in love when you're changing as the person that they didn't fall in love with? You're a totally different person. Totally different person. Yeah. And it's necessary. And that's the thing, right? Like evolving as a person is important. And to see just how far your partner's willing to go on that journey with you. Yeah. You know, like I can only speak for myself. You speak for yourself. But I know that the journey I've been on for the last two years, you know, no one's having any of it. It's my journey. Yeah. And it's so, it's so important to discuss this with rabbi because 
when you marry somebody, you guys are at a certain stage and you're supposed to grow, you're supposed to change. Yeah. And then you hear so many people at the divorce say, well, they're not the same person that I fell in love with. Well, no shit. Of course, yeah. they're not the same person you fell in love but with. But that's the fine line. That's the fine yeah. line. And what's the fine line of, you know, because again, as women, we tend to be quite dramatic. And, you know, how, how much of that is because we play the blame game. Yeah. You know, like it's your fault that I'm unhappy. This is what you promised me. You, you know, you were supposed to make this much money. We were supposed to get this house. We were supposed to, we were supposed, it becomes a blame game mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, we didn't evolve in a way that I expected us to. Yeah. We evolved differently and now we're going separate ways. Like how do you avoid that? Yeah. And I say that all the time because I've learned the hard way, you know, I've learned the hard way. And I think, I think back on, you know, my, a, a journey in my life where my expectations for that person were so completely unrealistic. And now being in the space that I am, I feel, you know, so I've healed through it, but looking back and thinking how much pressure this person must have felt because my expectations of them for me, for our kids, for our life was so high. Yeah. My happiness depended on this person. But was I at a level where I could provide that same, you know, those same expectations? Yeah. No, because I wasn't the best version of me. But I was so quick to blame this person. How much hurt did I cause them in those expectations? Yeah. You know, and so I think it's so important to say, we're, you know, to get to a point where you realize that you're with that person because you want to be, mm -hmm. not because without them, you can't live, yeah. you need them to do something. And if they're unhappy, you're unhappy. And if they're sad, you're sad. Yeah. They're every waking move, you know, they don't sweep the way you like it. They didn't get the thing that you wanted. And that's the thing. How do we keep it fun and spicy and lighthearted and say every day, wake up and tell that person, I choose you. Yeah. I, I, I keep it spicy. Keep it spicy. Oh, I got <laughs> I so serious it. and heavy for a moment. Now I'm yeah. Just, ooh, ooh. yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring ooh. it back. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And so, right. yeah. Is Rabbi here? He is here. So why don't you tell the viewers what they can expect to get out of this, what you were I thinking. I did, my love. I no, just but I mean, like, what do you think that they can take away? They can take away the relationships and the boundaries and... Setting boundaries. And I think, you know, Rabbi and I had such a really lovely conversation and it went in a direction that I wasn't expecting. And also what's the fine line? I think that's what we're going to dig into. What, what expectations are realistic? How do you communicate that? And he's really an expert on this subject. Mm -hmm. This is what he does day in, day out. So we are going to the source. I really believe that if anyone can enlighten us on how to navigate through transformation with our partners in relationships, how does that, no matter where you are, you know, if you're about to tie the knot, if you've been married for five years or 20 years, he said something very important. And he said, you know, if, if the, if, if you want to save the relationship, mm -hmm. that's a decision both parties have to make, but you can always turn it around. Yep. So without further ado, wait, hold on. Okay. Okay. I'm holding. <laughs> okay. Ready? 
I'm so ready. So welcome to Flip the Script, Rabbi Slack. Skip Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Nice to, nice to see you both. <laughs> wow. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love your background. That's like my ideal that I always wanted a bookshelf. You look so sophisticated and <laughs> professional. I did say, yeah. right? The cream of the crop expert. Yeah. Need some time to read all the books for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward to having you on for so long. We spoke almost a month ago, I believe. Yeah. Had such an interesting conversation. Would you like to share with you know our viewers and our listeners who you are and how you came to choose this path for your life? Sure. Um, so my name is Shlomo Slavkin. I'm I happen to be an ordained rabbi, though I'm not practicing in the sense I don't have a congregation. Um, and I actually wanted to be a pulpit rabbi, but things took a different shift. Uh, when in my own relationship, about two years in. At, to, our, to my marriage with my wife Rivka and the birth of my, our first child, we were having some of our own challenges and we were both separately referred to an imago therapist and it changed our life forever. And he encouraged me to do, I was getting a master's at the time and he encouraged in counseling and he encouraged me to do the imago training. And then one thing led to the other. And then this wound up being my kind of full-time uh, endeavor helping couples and we were so inspired my wife and i were both so inspired and we actually work together a lot she's not a licensed therapist but we do the imago group workshop together and then i run a practice with where i work with couples in a two-day intensive retreats with follow-ups and we have therapists all over the country and around the world as well working with us in our program and we just find that it's just a very refreshing approach because it's really a positive approach and it's really focusing on helping people grow, helping people connect. And you now it just resonated with what, some of what you were saying about you know, the challenges of when, when one partner grows and you know, changes, not the mm -hmm. same person that you thought initially. I think there's always a little bit of that, that your spouse is never really the same as you thought you, they were when they fell in love. I mean, that's naturally part of the process. Uh, but especially when someone makes a real significant life change and personal growth change, it can really shake things up. And as you were saying, sometimes people feel like, well, you know, I'm like almost like more advanced than, than my spouse. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't even need them anymore. Maybe they're holding me back. Mm. And yeah. on the one hand, it's really important to be, do your personal journey. On the other hand, you have to realize you made a commitment to this, the, to your partner, to your spouse, and you're the one who's changing. and what can you do to communicate that together? What can you do to work better together? And what can you do to see that the relationship is not something that's kind of getting in the way of your growth, but actually can be a possibility to help be a further catalyst of your growth? Yeah. So what do you, what would you tell people that are watching? Because we have, we're doing a total transformation with these three ladies with weight loss and their entire lives are changing, you know, and they have voiced to us that their concerns sometimes are, you know, that their, their spouse or their partners are just looking to like, why aren't things the same? You know, this is affecting me. How do you, how do you broach that? How do you, do you have them have a sit down? Like how, how that help them? Well, one of the things that we teach couples is how to really have communication about difficult topics. And it's a, called the Imago Dialogue Process. And 
it allows couples to have a safe setting to talk about really challenging issues because they know that they can share and they can feel heard and that there's not going to be reactivity. It's a very structured process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a safe conversation, even if, you know, I don't know if these women, they don't know the process, but mm-hmm. even just, you know, saying, you know, I'd like to make a time to talk. When can we sit down? And then kind of validating and showing, you know, I realize that I'm, I've changed a lot and I realize it's really scary for you. Like try to get in the other person's, you know, one of the things we really focus on, try to get into the other person's shoes, try to understand where they're coming from, have empathy for them. And you know what? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's hard for you because, you know, you, maybe you're worried, you know, I'm going to leave you because now yeah. I'm, you know, hundred pounds thinner and yeah. I'm going to be all, uh, you know, yeah. attractive to everyone. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I feel so good about myself and like, you're still drinking your beers on the, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like to validate those fears and to reassure their partner and say like, I really want to do this together with you. And this is really important to me that I'm growing myself and feeling good about myself. And I don't want you to feel like I'm leaving you out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just really trying to bring them along for the ride and to acknowledge their concerns. Yeah, uh, that can go a long way because there's so much fear that can come up for the spouse who's kind of left behind. Mm-hmm. They think like, you know, you, you don't need me anymore now that you're like yeah. all better. And because sometimes it's not just about the weight and the appearance and that I'm going to go flirt with everyone that I see. But now that I'm, you know, I've lost this weight, I'm tapping into so much courage that I've been suppressing for so long that's felt unavailable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's something silly like going skydiving and traveling more because you're not afraid to sit in an airplane seat or you just have this burning desire to do more, to be more, to shine your light. And that is terrifying for your partner. Maybe they're not at that level where they want to do all those things. So how do you have the conversation of, I love you, I'm grateful and happy for our relationship, but I don't want to not go skydiving because you don't want to change. Can I go skydiving with friends? Would that upset you? Like there's so many nuances to this transformation. Right. And and there are ways to make it work where both people can be happy. It's not kind of all or nothing. So it's talking about these are the kind of type of things I like to be able to do. You know, do you, you know, are you interested in doing them with me? If not, you know, are you okay with me doing, doing them with friends, but at the same time, making time for the relationship as well. And it's hard when you feel like somebody isn't healthy and yeah. you like you're healthy. Um, but the challenge is kind of, I would say the, and where you can kind of see whether you've really grown or not is, are you coming from a place of judgment or compassion? Mm. Uh, a lot of times people get to the you know, self-growth work and you know, they are, they're almost like, I'm empowered now to leave my husband finally. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really self-growth? Like, first of all, are you running away from, you know, what, are you running away from something, number one? Number two, if you're judging the other person and you're looking down on them because they're not as good as you, have you really evolved in some aspect oh, you have, <laughs> but have you really evolved? Are you a really like a conscious person? If you're, you know, looking down on, on your spouse who is maybe there for you all these years. Uh, and that, that's really the, the kind of the litmus test. Yeah. You know, or, or are you understanding, you know what? I get it. Like, I understand you're not where I'm at and it's hard for you. And I understand where you're at based on your life experience. And I'm going to just do my best to be present for you and, be there for you just as you are there for me. 
without any expectations. Um, and some people that's really hard for, yeah. but leaving the relationship is, we find it's not usually the solution because whatever issues you're having with your spouse, there's usually opportunities for you to continue your own personal growth, to take it to the next level. And then if you don't do that with your spouse, we often find up attracting somebody else who's going to have will have the same dynamic. So you wind up doing the work that you need to do regardless. So you might as well get it done, you know, with, with the person who's been with you for so long, then just start your life over and get disappointed again. Can I ask you a question? Let me sure. give you a, a real life example. So, you know, we have with weight loss, you have a lot of the, well, we, you know, we used to go out to a restaurant together and this is where we go all the time and right. they still want to go and eat that stuff. Like, let's just say McDonald's, they want to go and have a Big Mac or whatever. And, you know, that's really not part of your goal, but to say something to them is kind of like, how can you, like, now you're at the point that like, you don't want them to eat that crap anymore because you feel bad because you love them, you know? And you're like, that's right. so bad for you, you know, because you're also learning. So how do you how do you broach that in a nice way? Right, so that's it. You know, how do you you don't want to go to fast food anymore, and your spouse, that husband does. And how do you tell them that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, instead of you know, you can say it in a compassionate way, and they might not be okay with it because they might really like McDonald's, and they're not going to necessarily be ready at this moment to ditch it. But yeah, say like, you know, you can say like, I want to share with you what I've been, you know. I, I learned so much about health and and you know if you're if you're interested in having a conversation with me i'd love to be able to share my feelings about it or even share like you know it really makes me worry that you're eating this food because you know i've learned about how bad it is for your your heart or you know can clog your arteries mm -hmm. uh, and i really want you to live and be be healthy you know i'm wondering if there's like maybe we can find a healthy alternative yeah. But is it our it. job to try and change but, them? Like you know, but our job ultimately, I mean, ultimately our job is not to try to change them, but I mean, you're entitled to share what you feel. I mean, if you want, if you want to have a, a you know, a kind conversation and, and ask if they're willing to listen to you about it. But, you know, I mean, our job is not, it's not up to us. I mean, the, the goal is that they'll learn from our example. I mean, that would be the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people have a challenge though, because it's like, well, I'm very tempted. You know, I'm trying not to eat this, but you know, like it's like an alcoholic going to a. They don't want to go to a bar, yeah, because they don't want to be tempted. So, you know, they need to stay away from alcohol. So sometimes when people are changing their lifestyle, it it's hard for them to kind of show up and be in those places where they used to go, and where their spouse wants to go. So, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's really hard for me to, you know, to go to McDonald's because I really want to eat it cheeseburger or whatever it is uh, yeah big mac or, and i can't you know i'm not allowed can't do it anymore but yeah. ultimately yeah i mean you can't just come in and hey we're gonna i'm gonna change your whole diet and like you know that's yeah. without their consent it's just not uh it's, it's usually a recipe for disaster <laughs> that leads me to my next question and i want to know with all of your experience and you do this i am so curious to know how do we, you know, from a woman's perspective, but you must see this all the time, what is the point that we, like, there's a switch that goes off in our mind, you know, we meet someone and we're all loving and caring and nurturing. Is it the time when children enter the picture that we all of a sudden become 
you know, men like to use the word nags, but we now become responsible for educating our spouses instead of staying, staying in that role of partnership and support and friendship and trust. We like upgrade ourselves very quickly. And I feel like for me, it's the minute kids were born where I was like, all of a sudden I'm the boss of all things. I'm CEO of all things and we have to do it my way. What's your experience with that? Interesting question. Um, I mean, I think in theory it can start it can start earlier just because I mean we find in the, in relationships you know that there's it starts off in that romantic stage where you feel so connected and then it inevitably goes into what we call the power struggle and that's mm-hmm. for couples until they unless a couple works on the relationship there's some form of that power struggle that can last forever unless they get conscious and change so or we wear them down so in theory in theory you know that bossing or nagging could start can start earlier but I, I definitely can see how especially when you have to manage the house and with children and make decisions you know what how are we going to feed our children you know parents get the, you want the best for your kids and you want to make sure they're they're eating right and eating healthy and maybe not eating, having chemicals or candy or soda all these types of things and then then all of a sudden depending obviously depending on the family um it can become much more rigid and much more like, okay, this is a certain way we're doing things. And especially I think for new parents, there's that anxiety. Once you have, like, I remember with our first kids, like we didn't want anyone to touch our baby. Cause like, you know, we don't want it. Maybe they're going to get sick, get the baby sick. So the time we had like our fifth kid was just like, yeah, take, you're like, like here, take, take, them, them. take yeah. them already. Like, you know, yeah. I see, we always see these new, mo- new mothers and fathers. Like my wife and I always like, kind of joke about it. I'm like, nervous they are and like yeah. what will happen when they have their their next kid mm-hmm. but yeah so i mean i definitely think that there's much more i can see how that happens with with the birth of children and the raising of children the decision that you need to make that it can become a little bit more rigid and then it kind of changes like whatever the household it's not like a sometimes it doesn't feel like a joint decision it's like sometimes yeah. the mother just And sometimes as women, I feel like we lose our power and I see it all the time because now I've been doing so much work on myself and studying the mind and all of this. And I feel as women, we underestimate our power to emasculate men with our words and our behaviors. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that because the the pressure to be to be to be the best and to be the best mother and to raise the kids well. You know, it can kind of dominate and not really give a place for for the husband to kind of have input. And sometimes the husband doesn't, maybe they're not so involved, but sometimes it can be because the mother's kind of just stepping into that role and not really making space for, for, for the man. And I think that it's, you know, ideally if both people could work together and have, be able to learn how to communicate and have the conversations and like, what is it that we want? What is it that we want for our home? What is it we want for our kids? Um, how can we make, how can we honor each other and not just kind of make uh, <laughs> me your servant? Yeah. So when is that conversation necessary to, is it just like when you guys are just bickering out of control and you realize. On the first like, date. Yeah. Or you know, I, I think it's. I'm going to make a business plan now. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you have to find, you have to find the right time, you know, when there's no distractions, when you're calm, when you're both you know, in a calm place where you can really focus on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be an ongoing conversation. You know, it might be early on. It might be 
just an ongoing conversation checking in like what's going on like are you okay with how things are going what what do you envision for for our family what do you envision for our relationship uh you know we do like a, a vision a relationship vision where couples co-create a vision of what is it that you both want together Ooh, like you may that. want similar things you may have different ideas of what those things mean and it's just mm -hmm. important to keep that open dialogue i think that's that's really the key do you get a lot of people that come to you once things have started to blow up or do they come to you for maintenance uh, we have a lot of couples in crisis like they're kind of on the last legs um maintenance is like after the fact there's some people who are coming like early on when they start seeing things going out of whack or mm -hmm. people that are even premarital but um a lot of times couples are you know they're in a bad pattern they've been to you know multiple therapists they're not getting along they're not communicating they mm -hmm. they feel disconnected some people are basically on the verge of divorce and you know, yeah. we find that the Imago process really helps turn things around. If if they're com if they really want to make it work and committed, I find it's it's the best bet for to give people a, an understanding of the conflict, a positive way of looking at it, mm -hmm. um, a potential for growth and healing, and then really practical skills to be able to change the dynamic. And if they're committed to doing it and they apply it, then you know, it can be extremely successful. What do you, what do you, what would you say are the top three things couples in crisis come to see you for? Well, I mean, I think everybody has communic communication issues and mm -hmm. the, you know, is that like a symptom of the disconnect or, you know, we can't not communicate. So it's going to manifest itself in that. So, mm. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Um, I try to say like what, there's a host of other little things here that, you know, some people there's, you know, family, extended family issues, uh, mm. financial issues, infidelity. Um, Can you heal from infidelity issues? Well, yes. If if the couple is committed, usually if, if the affair is over, if the affair is continuing, then it's kind of hard to be in yeah. two relationships. But if the, if the partner is contrite and they want to end the affair and they do end the affair and the couple's committed to healing then i've seen plenty of couples heal it's really? when it's only when the person is wants to remain in that relationship are you people sorry i'm too curious have yeah. you have you worked with couples where one of the partners was like i'd like to stay in this <laughs> fun little relationship but still have my home life and playhouse yeah right? there are people that kind of want to have their cake and eat it too no um and you know they want to have feel like they're like open the relationship up and the other person doesn't it takes a lot of work it's very hard because you know it's like an addiction if you're having an affair with somebody yeah it's like an addiction it's very and it's you know of course it's great you know you're having a romantic phase with with this person and then you're with your wife and you're in the power struggle so it's you know yeah. you really yeah. can't compare the two and it's almost like a drug that you and so it's really hard for people to stop in that situation it's and like it's really not diet it's, and then having your cheat day yeah it's not really it's not fair to the, the spouse i mean it's not fair to the yeah. to your spouse your wife um and i mean some people are okay with it but i mean i don't see i don't think it's a very healthy uh healthy yeah. setup i feel like there's yeah so you also do sex addiction right i mean it's part well we don't work specifically it comes up as part of it. I mean, if someone really has an addiction, we recommend them getting in like a 12 step program, like SA or something on the side. 
and dealing with that in addition. But in terms of dealing with the relationship issues and the the instability that leads a person to kind of, you know, when they get weak, they start like, they're more likely to get out of the, you know, look outside of the relationship. So those are things that we can, we can help with. Um, in terms of the actual addiction, we usually recommend them getting some therapy in addition to that for themselves, yeah. the addictive piece. What do you think the root cause of sex addiction is? Is it unfulfillment? You know, it's a, it's hard because it's like, you know, what does it start off with and then what does it wind up? So, yeah. you know, in the beginning, it can be like not feeling safe, not feeling connected, not feeling fulfillment. I mean, that's any exit in the relationship, whether it's any type of addiction. It's kind of like I'm not getting my needs met in the relationship mm -hmm. and not sexual necessarily, emotional needs. I'm not mm -hmm. feeling connected. Uh, people don't usually just wake up one morning and say, I want to cheat. It's a process. It's a process of disconnect. But then what happens is that, I mean, some people come into the relationship, they already have a, an addiction, mm -hmm. a porn addiction, a sex addiction. Um, but then there are other people that develop it. And it's like, you know, let's say they go out of the relationship and then they wind up getting hooked. And then they, so, you know, what started it, it could be this, the general dissatisfaction. But you know, there's something missing within that they need to, to work on. But it almost becomes a chemical, you know, it becomes a chemical hook that it's you know like taking a drug that yeah. you really have to abstain from to be able to get to a place where you can make a a rational decision but the more that you keep feeding it it's just like you're going to want more and more yeah so it is a very you know it's a it's look i mean there's successful you know there's 12 step groups and a successful treatment for it but it is definitely it's definitely something very hard for people to deal with yeah so can you walk us through what your two-day retreat looks like Sure. So, I mean, I can say it might, not, it might be hard for people to understand, but, uh, you know, the, the, the exercise, but just the general overall idea of what we're doing with a couple. We work with a couple for six. We have we have a few different options. We have a private retreat mm -hmm. where we do two six hour days with a couple and then eight 90 minute follow ups. We do it in person or online. We also have a group workshop that my wife and I present. And we also have other therapists that do it. And we have some exotic ones in like Costa Rica and Miami coming up. Um, where it's more of like a luxury hotel mm -hmm. and that's uh, the group workshop with and then we have this the private so the privates what we're trying to accomplish in all of these is to help couples get conscious to help them learn about why they chose each other and not just the conscious reasons but what's going on subconsciously what drew them to each other imago therapy believes that we all have an unconscious um almost like agenda in relationships we're actually looking to marry someone who is going to be very familiar because we believe that marriage is the unfinished business of childhood. So we're typically going to be attracted to somebody Whoa. <laughs> who, who reminds Just us of our my parents. Mind there. Hold on. Yeah. We got to unpack that for a second. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was like, that's our jam right there. So can you, before you go into that, go, go yeah. into the subconscious, what happens before you even meet and get together, you have a, an agenda that's in your subconscious. Right. So, Please. We all have, let's say, the the subconscious mind. We we are looking to get, we're looking to heal, and we're looking to grow. And as great as our parents can be, there are certain. Some people had really difficult childhoods. Others had good childhoods. But a parent can't possibly meet all their children's needs. So we all inevitably have with childhood wounds or or unmet childhood needs. And we and our 
our our relationship with our parents, you know, that was the closest human relationship that we had from birth. And as we grow and become adults, we are looking to connect with someone in a deep way. And that is that our partner, our spouse, that we're looking to find who's going to be able to help be the, the closest possible human relationship we can have and the person who can be uniquely qualified to fulfill those needs, to meet our childhood needs and to heal. The problem is that the way it works, it would be great if we could just say, okay, here's what I need, here's what you need, let's live happily ever after, and you know, that would be great. But that's not the way it works. We're, we are unconsciously drawn to somebody. That, you know, Why do you pick your spouse? There's so many people you could fall in love with. Why, why are you attracted to them? Even if you give me all the conscious reasons why you pick your spouse, you could find that it's in someone else. It's not soulmate. It's not yeah, there's, from there's the something. soul in the universe. Right. There's something there that's soulmate. There's that you can't put your finger on it. But what the Mago process does, it helps us understand the childhood and the childhood pain and to start realizing, wow, these are the very things that, let's see, I didn't feel heard or seen growing up. I married someone who I need them to really see me. And in the romantic phase, when everything seems great, they actually do see you. But then once the chemicals wear off, you commit, and then the power struggle ensues. Mm. Then you start feeling, wait a minute, you don't see me, you don't hear me, like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And then you begin to realize that then that becomes a source of conflict. And what happens is if you just stay in the power struggle and point fingers and blame and criticize, then you both just feel lousy and nothing changes. But when you can share, get conscious about why it bothers you, and your spouse can hear that, and have compassion for you, then they actually want to change and meet those needs, even though it's hard for them. Because usually the thing that we need to hear our, heal our childhood is usually the hardest thing for our spouse to do. So, oh. you know, like one, like this is like a trivial thing, but I used to get upset when we first got married um, and we used to have meals like on the Sabbath, just my wife and I, like every week and you sit, you usually like you, people sit around and they talk and they enjoy each other's company. and. My wife would just go to the couch and like fall asleep or and i was just like sitting at the table by myself and i was just like what's going on mm -hmm. and i just took it personally and i just felt like you don't care about me and I, it was strange because you know when our first date it was hours long and I, she says i was talking the whole time and she was listening to me enthralled and i thought finally i had this captive audience here mm -hmm. and then we get married and it's like she disappears yeah well when we understood her childhood story, how she used to have to sit at the table when she was a little girl for four hours on five-year-old, her father would like force her to sit at the table. So the thought oh, of sitting yeah. at the table was like, mm. like wanted to I'm choke, suffocate. Yeah. 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 So that was her story. And then I realized, oh, so it's not that you don't want to listen to me. It's like you have this, you know, issue about sitting at the table and because you have this fear based on childhood. Mm -hmm. And then when she understood why it was important to me that she was there, at the table based on childhood not that i was trying to control her but i like mm -hmm. had really had a need to be be seen and have this yeah. camaraderie then it helped her understand me and then we kind of worked through it together so that you know we went beyond her, so like when she would sometimes wow. go to the couch i would be able to tolerate it more mm -hmm. and then she would make more of an effort to sit with me longer so you know like that's a simple little example and maybe yeah. seems trivial but you see how just the oh, thing cool. that we need most is the hardest thing and that's how that's how it works out and that's and that's where the growth and healing happens so it's it's really a fascinating process and it just blows my mind every time I mean, we just did a two-day workshop uh sunday and monday my wife and i and then i'm currently working with a couple privately today and, and tomorrow and it's just amazing to see how understanding this information 
really just changes the whole way a couple can see their relationship and the hope that they've had and just this, the pain and frustration that couples have of doing therapy and not feeling like they've found anything that could help them and succeed. And then all of a sudden they can see the relationship different and they can see that the hope again, they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they also feel connected because they can communicate about it in a safe and positive way. It mm -hmm. just, it makes it so rewarding for me. That's why I, you know, get up every morning and do this because it. it's just like, I love, I love seeing the transformation. I know what it was like for my wife and I, and I love seeing it with the couples. It's, you know, you see it right away in, in real time. What is the objective of getting married other than procreating and having companionship, but is it, is, should the ultimate goal be, you know, to be married or in a relationship or feel like you're just living with your best friend? Should it feel like that? Should it feel like a partnership, like you're kind of going through the business of life and you have this partnership with someone, what should the expectations be? Well, I think everybody has different ways of looking at it. You know, people have different backgrounds, people different have faith backgrounds and belief what marriage is supposed to be about, mm -hmm. um, different cultures. So it, it's kind of hard to say there's like kind of one, one size fits all. Um, you know, Imago Therapy talks about marriages for the purpose of growth and healing. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of faith traditions see that marriage is, you know, it's your soulmate. It's two halves of one whole. Um, you're there uniquely qualified to help each other grow mm. and to help each other be the, uh, ma maximize your potential. And that it's something that you really can't do on your own fully. Uh, and that's hard for people to, I mean, I feel bad because there are a lot of people that are single and it's really hard for them and they don't want to be told that like you know they can only fulfill their potential if they're in a relationship yeah. so i'm not going to just i'm not going to say that but you know it says and i don't know and i don't know if your audience is uh where they're coming from in terms of faith-based or religion but you know the bible says it's not good for man to be alone or for man or a person to be alone um that the idea is that the spouse is there as a helpmate to really help the person bring out their potential and grow. So yeah. there's something, you know, really fulfilling about living with, with, a, with having a partner and living with them and working together um, and, and almost like um, compelling the other person to grow because the conflict that you bring to the table makes the person grow and become a better and more flexible person. So, yeah. but, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm coming from in terms of, um, you know, from my background in amylotherapy and then, of course, as a rabbi, just looking at it as a opportunity to grow and to bring more good and also to bring more, you know, well, we have the procreating, but like bring more light into this, bring more light into the world, you know. Let's dig into this a little because I'm yeah. curious. So what if you're 35, 40 years old and your partner dies for some unfortunate reason? Yeah. You know, it could be an illness or an accident. And here you are, maybe you have children or not. And if we're talking about the concept of having a soulmate, would this person now, is it okay? Would they continue to heal and grow better if they healed their hearts and were open to finding love again? Or does everybody just have one soulmate? That's a you know big uh, theological question. Um, people have different types of different soulmates, uh, more than one soulmate. I mean, people do get married. Obviously, I don't think anyone would. I mean, I don't know. I can speak at least from from Judaism, 
you know, there's no uh, reason that a person should feel like, oh, well, that my soulmate's not here anymore, so therefore I have to live a life of being lonely. I mean, people are incur it's a hard thing to think about, you know, God forbid no one should ever think of, have to deal with it. Um, it's a hard thing to think about, you know, but there are people that have to start over and, and uh, you know, I think it's important for them to be able to have, to, to have happiness and to have companionship. Find someone else? Yeah, have companionship if that's what they want. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think that in fact, there is, you know, different opportunities to, to grow through that relationship as well. So yeah. I don't think it's just like, you know, you you got it once and if something happens, you know, yeah. you, you've done your work and you don't need it, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I can't be the to say that for somebody. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. When we completely interrupted you with your two day retreat, because oh, that's okay. we, we wanted to unpack that subconscious because you say the word subconscious and Emma and I like jump. Um, so do you mind going back to that? Yeah, sure. So we spend a lot of time understanding why you pick your spouse and the, mm -hmm. um, the childhood story, right. childhood unpacking the childhood baggage because that inevitably comes into play. And we find that the issues that we're dealing with in the relationship go back to childhood. And once we understand that, we can have greater compassion for our spouse. We can kind of go below the surface instead of kind of like fighting up here mm -hmm. and kind of go beneath and then that the problems almost get resolved on their own organically because we can see things differently. We don't need to be fighting. So we learn about that. We get conscious about what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And then we learn, couples learn tools how to communicate. So for example, the Imago dialogue process, it's really important to help couples facilitate a safe conversation where one person's talking, the other person's listening, they're mirroring back, they're repeating back, they're not interjecting. It helps the person learn how to kind of get into the other person's world and experience them without mm -hmm. judgment and then be begin to develop compassion for them. That's a key part and it gives them an opportunity to work through some of their big issues. Uh, we have an appreciations exercise for couples to learn how to, a ritual that they can practice at home to be more appreciative and express gratitude. A vision for the relationship, we help them craft a vision for what they want. Uh, for the future, help them learn about what makes them feel loved and cared for and have like kind of doable steps to that. Mm -hmm. There's some fun activities also. And we just really, we attune to the, every couple has different needs. So if we have a couple that's recovering from infidelity, we need to do work processing that, making amends. Um, you know, couples have different things we need to attune to. So it's not one size fits all. We have certain general agenda, but we mm -hmm. tailor it to the couple. and. It's a combination of having, you know, they're, they're spending a lot of time talking to each other. We're facilitating their conversation. They have written exercises they do. There's like um, some, you know, we do a little psycho ed teaching. Uh, and then there's conversation questions. And we're really there to help them get clarity about the relationship. And then when our privates, we have follow-up sessions. So we're there to help be an accountability partner because usually after the two days, couples are in a really good space. They're excited. They're motivated. They see the light at the end of the tunnel. They've resolved a lot of major issues, but That's when awesome. they go home, you know, how do they integrate that and how do they not kind of backslide? So we're there to support them moving forward. What are a few things when, sorry, what are a few things we could do every day to make our partner feel seen and heard, connected, special? If we're kind of in a funk, what could we yeah. start doing tomorrow to be like, hmm, I love you? 
I would I'm say I love you. Yeah. I mean, a daily appreciation is wonderful. Like to sit down, face each other and share one thing I appreciate about you that anything, something they've done recently or just a quality you appreciate. And then, and the reason I appreciate that to share why. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, thanks for dinner last night, but uh, I really appreciate that you made dinner. And the reason I appreciate that is that it makes me feel like you care about me. It takes it to a deeper level. So, I mean, it yeah. sounds very it's simple, so but, but, but look, you know, just, we don't, how much time do we have to actually sit there and make eye contact? I mean, it's like, everyone's so busy and we just kind of forget about each other. So making that, making that time to be able to do that on a regular basis, um, to share what you appreciate, it, it helps you look for the good in your partner because we're so busy, like focusing on what's wrong, mm -hmm. look in the good, acknowledge the good. And when you share it with them, to help them feel that you're noticing that. And it, it feels really good for both people. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one, one thing, uh, you know, going out and having a date night is always good as well. Like making a set time, even though it sounds so spontaneous, but I'm boring. Because, you know, you have good intentions, but you get busy. So you yeah. have a set time. It shows that our relationship is a priority. We go out every Tuesday night. We have a babysitter, yeah. standing babysitter. And this is this is important. Just just the fact that you schedule it, even if you don't wind up going, <laughs> it shows that it's something important that I put yeah. it on my calendar. Yeah, because we get lost in the whole kids thing and we forget that without the two of us, there wouldn't be children. Like we made these little people together. So we got to keep the passion alive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it is it is really hard for, you know, families with little kids. To, yeah. It's But it's so important because mm -hmm. it's good for your kids to see that. See that, And you need to feel like you're a person and a, yeah. a spouse, not just a parent. Because so there will be a time when your kids get older and they leave the house and it's just the two of you alone. And yeah. Know what are you going to do then? So the third thing. So you said the first one is the daily affirmations. I love that. The second one, let's make a date night. Give me a third thing for the listeners that if you are bickering, right, left and right, you guys are just bickering. It's been a week. You notice that like they're just, you know, your husband or your whoever is just on you. How do you stop that in its tracks to just like what tangible advice could you give somebody listening? Well, it's hard because, you know, how do you deal with the problem? The, the, like I gave some examples of positive things you can do. You're asking kind of for like, how do you deal with the fighting? Kind of more of like, how do you flip the script? Oh, flip the like script. Yep. <laughs> flip it from you're in this negative space with them and you want to stop that and move to the positive. Is there something that you could say, like, let's sit down and hear each other or something like that? Yeah. I mean, one thing is one thing we teach couples when they have the, the dialogue is the first step is to make an appointment. So say, like, let's make a time. Let's schedule a time to talk There you go. about this issue. Okay. And then it's like you shove it for that. What? That sounds scary. That always makes me nervous when someone's like, we need to talk. I'm like, do you really? Just tell well, me so so like, you know, You can say, like, I'd like to make a time. I'd like to, you know, I would say, I'd like to invite you into my world so I can share with you what's going on for me, uh, what I'm feeling about about this. Um, or you can even say what it is. Like, I'd like to talk to you about... Um, the fact that I'm leaving you tomorrow. You know, I love I love Brene Brown the way she says when she talks a lot about her dynamic with her husband and communication. And one of the things she said that struck to me, and I love that I use that now, is 
when confronting her husband now, she'll say the story I've been making up in my head or the story I've been yeah. telling myself Can't about tell what's myself. going on. And that always hits home because it's 100% true, right? We start to have these looping thoughts of what are they thinking? Why are they doing this? Why didn't they do this? How could they have forgotten the bread and the milk? You know, doesn't this family mean anything to them? And all of these things. And it's genuinely a story we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you say, I'd like to bring you into my world so I can just show you a glimpse of the crazy story I've been telling myself. Yeah. That's such a human way to connect. I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's not like this is the reality or the way that this is where I see things. And I want to yeah. like give you a glimpse into to my reality. Yeah. And um, yeah. Can, can friends can friends do your retreat? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had, I mean, uh, in theory, they could, I mean, if they have enough to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this, the process works. I mean, we work with like businesses and I mean, it's, it's amazing that this is, you know, the skills that you learn are applicable in any, any human setting mm -hmm. as being able to relate, able to, to, uh, kind of, uh, make space for someone else to yeah listen. it's really understanding where the other person's yeah. coming from it's like but really wanting to understand and really sitting down and like i hear you i hear where you're coming from it's not just a place that you're just it's a emotional competency as well yeah. like that's what it is yeah. it's validation can anyone take part in your workshops or retreats or is it you know, just for people who are married or of a certain faith or is no. it open to anyone? It's open. We have people from all different backgrounds. Um, and, you know, you don't have to, even if you're in like, you're, met, you're like a, in a relationship or living together, you know, even if you're not like legally married, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in a committed relationship with somebody and you want to work on your relationship, um, then we're happy to help you. So tell our viewers where they can find you. And we sure. have all of the links, but for a podcast. Yeah. What's okay. So it's, yeah, it's on www.themarriagerestorationproject.com. Love awesome. that. Yeah. And you, then we have a lot of different free material there and you can read about our programs and, and you can also, we have opportunity to schedule. If you want to schedule a 20 minute clarity call, I'm happy to hear about what's going on in your situation and, you know, see if we can be of assistance. Oh, I love that. A clarity call. Yeah. You believe in true love and eternal love and in, in being in love with your spouse forever and ever. Yeah, I believe I believe in that. And I believe that, you know, is it going to be that romantic uh, head over heels all the time? No, but there's a certain maturity mm. that that's real, real love that mm. you gain by, you know, I think that that initial romance is there to get you in the door and to make to connect with this person. You feel this soul connection, but it's the work over time that you do together to grow that gives you that, you know, that ultimate long-lasting love yeah, that we're all, you know, people are ultimately looking for. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been so much oh, information. So thank, thank you. you. Thank Thanks you for inviting me to the show. Yeah. You're right. Yes, it's been amazing. Thank you to everyone who watched the show. You know where to hit up Rabbi. His whole program sounds like we all could use a little of that in our lives. Yes. Yes. And Emma, where can they find all of the links? Facebook, 
Instagram. And if you're not on our email list, you really should be because you will get a preview of all of the incredible guests who come on before they come on. So you don't have to have it be a surprise. You should be following us on social media, but most importantly, get on our email list so you can get the bio of the guests who are coming on, all of their links, freebies when they have for our viewers and listeners. If you're listening to our podcast, head to www.thekemmamethod.com. Diane Forestry will be very proud of me. For yep. And so, see, because even coaches need coaches. So Kelly yep. and I have coaches, and Diane is one of our amazing coach. And so if you're listening to this podcast, head to thekemmamethod.com. Sign up for our mailing list and you'll get our beautiful emails with all of the info uh, of the guests coming on the show. And, you know, this was just so enlightening. I love love. And we hope that this really helps everybody, you know, with whatever part of your journey you're in, you know, communication is definitely key with whoever is in your world. So we hope that this has enlightened you and inspired you. Yes. And have a wonderful, have a wonderful night. Oh my gosh, just two, do we have 30 seconds? Uh, no, but go ahead. Okay, 30, 30. Thursday is going to be an incredible show. We have two special guests. So get your booties to that mailing list and you will get the snippet. We have an incredible lineup for Thursday's show. As we are, you know, shutting down, we're getting, we're getting to a wrap of season two. We only have a few weeks left. So get on that mailing list and don't miss out. Thank you. Bye-bye.